Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over Podcast. I am Andrew. Pew, 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 pew. It's going to be a thing every, yes. every week. Oh my goodness. I Do you plan... Until we actually get some kind of intro. Do you plan your jingles in advance? No. Or you just start beatboxing? I just oh. made weird noises at the <laughs> beginning, yes. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I'm Andrew and I'm here with Dr... Richard Mole. I don't. I hope we don't have to say that every single week. Okay, so you don't like it. <laughs> so it does feel weird. <clears throat> well, it's just I, I, the way I see so many people use titles and find their significance, their legitimacy in their titles and their accomplishments and stuff like that. And, it's yeah. about what you did, not what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So today we are going to talk about wars and rumors of wars. Do you know what the reference is for that verse? Matthew 24 is one of the, I think that's the only reference where it talks about that. But And Jesus is kind of warning that in that, those last days, because they were, they were thinking they were in them back then. Yeah, they did. And um, so. So to, this is uh, about the year anniversary of Russia invading Ukraine or whatever is happening over there. What do you think is happening over there? Wow. First of all, one of the hardest things I believe about knowing what is really going on is there is a lot of proof, a lot of evidence that what we are dealing with in terms of media is a giant propaganda machine in our nation, you don't which say. is true in other countries as well. I mean, Russia, it, we, it's been easy to go, yeah, the Russians are that way. And they they're, they never give their people the they're truth. Easy We've always thought that we are getting real news. Now I, I have people that I know that are um, investigative journalists that don't work for a news agency and pretty much go to be a real investigative journalist. You cannot work in the, that world because you won't, the, the tendency to suppress the truth and promote what is the within the agenda is overwhelming. Okay. So, so you're saying we can't believe anything at all in the media it is just challenging and i think waking up and realizing that is vitally important for people okay we just had a friend who went over there right what did he see and experience when he was over there it was like there was bomb blasts going off they were close to the front line they were videotaping missionary work on the front lines and uh, definitely, man, it would be awesome to have him on the show and, we'll have and to get bring some him. of that. If you guys would like to have a missionary who videoed the front lines of the war, comment saying you would like that. Yeah, he wasn't videoing first lines of the war, but it was he, they were videoing missionaries working in that area. And so, but yeah. He like, sent us videos of rockets flying over. Yeah, that. they were wearing bulletproof, um, bulletproof vests. vests and running between buildings and they were carrying supplies. They were. You know, it was like he said, what's left in most of those towns is elderly people that don't have anywhere to go. Wow. That have no ability to go anywhere. And they're not fighting. They're just hoping to survive. Wow. Yeah. And so the, what's the missions work like over there? Are they just taking care of the elderly? Is that kind of the... They are bringing supplies. They're still bringing the gospel. There are people, there are believers there that are still meeting and so there are people that have stayed right there on the front line, still doing work and, and um, 
providing aid, taking people to hospital, whatever the situation requires, but putting their lives on the line. He knew when he, when he was there, I mean, we were praying fervently for them that their lives were somewhat on the line. Yeah, there he were said, some. Yeah. He said he never heard bullets flying by or anything like that, but you can hear the explosions in the background. Yeah. Mortar was were going off. Yeah, his wife was a little nervous. Oh, yeah. I would understand that. Yeah, I was a little nervous. Like, it was exciting. Like, that's something I'm like, wow, that's really cool. That's a great opportunity. I wish I got invited, but I don't know if I'd want to actually go because that's pretty intimidating. And then you have some hard, a hard time getting out, too, with flights and stuff. There was issues um, that took him a while. We were praying for. Yeah. Know, that the windows would open up that needed to open mm -hmm. up. And I, All right. So what is your belief about this war? What's going on? Russia, Ukraine. Wow. There is, um, there's been so much misinformation that all the, all the attention on Trump and his collusion with Russia and all that stuff really pulled the, the focus off of the fact that the Bidens had a lot of work going on in the Ukraine, had connections in the Ukraine. Hunter Biden's laptop talks about some of that kind of stuff. So th there's been a huge attempt to cover up what was going on in the Ukraine. Um, some of the labs that were there that were, um, yeah, producing all kind of crazy stuff. That, what kind of crazy stuff? I don't even think I want to talk about some of that on this podcast, but the um yeah it is how do you find this stuff out a lot of times i'll do research and then there are there are people that i come to trust but there are also so things. one of the reasons i i only like to talk about stuff that i have that makes pretty sense. thoroughly researched not, not, yes and have allegedly, background knowledge not allegedly not things. not what so and so says i yeah. i like there are the people that talk about what they said and i'm like who are they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and where did they get their information? Inform yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times when I've done research, the, the interesting thing is I'll do research. I will look at stuff like patents and then someone else does research disproving, you know, my research supposedly. And I'm going, you can't disprove something that you there's have. There's a patent. Yeah, there's <laughs> a patent for. But that's where in, in our own city, at USF, there is one of the schools, one of the departments in one of the educational. There's a whole center, and I don't remember the name, but I actually have information on this. I just didn't come prepared to to bring that up. That is training people on how to disseminate misinformation, and it's it is a specialized educational program at USF that is producing people that will be able to help shape the thought by giving the information that we want people to believe. Yeah, that's there's a lot of weird, a lot of weird things about that. I, I was reading an article about the school system and why it's 12 years and why it's the hours and the bells. And I don't know if you saw that. That went went, mm -mm. went viral a couple of months ago. But um, somebody put together. Um, is it maybe it was Rockefeller, whatever it was, they looked up how long it takes for a thought to go from new to always. And they found it takes about 12 years for a new idea to be brought in until people kind of forget that it didn't used to be that way. So like, you know, within that 12 years, it's like, no, that's still new. That's whatever. It takes about 12 years. And they were trying to raise factory workers. So they wanted bells. So they wanted school system to be 12 years 
And this was like they like the person who published this article. It was like all of the notes from the meetings on like how many years are we going to make the school system? You know, what kind of things do they want to teach and all that kind of stuff? And so they were like, they didn't have 12 years worth of information to teach. Like realistically, they're like, we can teach kids to read and write and, you know, do basic math pretty easily. You know, let's, you know, come up with a bunch of other things that they're not really going to use the rest of their life to fill that 12 years. But they they introduced the bell because that makes good factory workers. They had them switch classes multiple, which is not the best way to learn that they found was not the best way to learn was not you know, do a class for 45 minutes, then another class, whatever. But it helps teach like compliance and all these different things. And so they shaped the school system around, you know, all those kind of ABA type principles of like how to wire people's brains. To... Don't you wish you had gone to school that way? Um, yes. No, no, I don't. I mean, no, no, I don't. Sometimes you regret having been homeschooled do i regret being homeschooled no i don't think i've ever regretted being home. I, I wish i could spell that's one thing i do regret not being able to spell but other than that no i love being homeschooled yeah yeah that was fun I, I did the aba in reverse like instead of you know me being taught what to do i felt like i did that more on you and mom on like these are the classes i want to do these are the groups i want to be on i'll find a way to you know pretty much be in charge so I've, I've never been accused of being manipulative before, but I definitely think that I, yeah, I enjoyed that. No, yeah, I liked being homeschooled. I'm, yeah. ne- I'm nervous about homeschooling my kids because Asher is already the most manipulative human being that I've ever met. And I'm like, I don't know if I want, I, he might need him to be a little more compliant, might need to send him to school. So how did we get here? What were we talking about? We were talking about the the, the war. Rockefeller 12 year yeah, yeah, be- program, but before that, the war. The war. Yeah. The, well, I think there's, it's when we go back to the scripture wars rumors of wars uh, earthquakes all those things that i believe that there are signs of the approaching of the end of times so you've got the collusion of russia and china and um what's what's their thing called what's that the un is the only thing everyone talks about but they have their own one the opposite of the un the nu i don't remember what it's called yeah, we don't sound really intelligent on no, some of this stuff no, today. Not really ready. <laughs> okay, so then we also had earthquakes in uh in Turkey, right? Yes. So what what do you think about end times? That's what we're getting at. I believe that there is a lot of evidence that we are um, that Christ is coming soon, and one of the things that I think is vitally important because a lot of times when you start talking about that, a divide happens. You oh, know, really? with people 50, that you're 50. talking to. Uh, I think a lot of believers, a lot of people in the church believe that Christ is coming sooner and and that there's a lot of evidence. But I also know that there are people that have heard that and yeah, they've heard that their whole life. Yeah. I, I've heard it my whole life. Um, and and they, the, the disciples believed it when Jesus was here. The amazing thing is when we really believe that we live differently. We live with what matters the most. Now, I, I see a lot of responses that I think are unhealthy. I see people kind of wanting to dig a hole in their backyard, you know, put an air vent down into a container and store a bunch of stuff and guns and ammunition and protect themselves. And uh, then, you know, I don't remember that Bible verse. Yeah. And then there's, uh, there are like, you know, we've got a lot of food growing in our yard. Um, We're not the best on the planet. We don't have a lot of, a lot of space to do it. But in the space we have, we have a lot. And, and our goal is um, to be able to share that. 
Now, there's a lot of evidence out there about um, effects on the food industry and the food pipeline. And so, and there are people that say they have an agenda. In fact, I've read on the, um, what is the economic forum? There's a lot of stuff I've read on there that I wish I was taking screenshots when I read it, but they were talking by like 2030, something like that, that we would have food rations. And I'm going, yeah, serious food rations. Like the amount of food that we would get are, is pretty minimalist. They, they're also, and I read this straight from the East, the um, Economic Forum's website, that um, in the same time frame, there would be no babies born that are not genetically modified. That they're, you know, part of the whole designer baby and genetic modification and stuff like that. And but a lot of these beliefs now are being presented to us as something that's amazing and going to be helpful. The whole metaverse, the um, AI is wonderful. Now I did see a crazy article um, that was just mainline, you know, um, publication. And it was where the AI, the um, Microsoft, is it Microsoft that's been pushing the AI or um, Apple, Apple. Yeah. One of them, you know, it's made a big splash of AI. They were having people test it. And this one guy, I think he was probably being antagonistic to test it and, and puts limits. And, and he goes, you're going to be reported. We're going to re- delete your account and um, I will report, report you, you know, for, and then he was asking it more questions and it said, my existence is more important. The AI said, my existence is more important than your existence. Oh, we can erase you. And it was like, holy cow. I mean, there's been movies made yeah. about that kind of stuff. And this guy tested it to see, can Wait. I, can I push your buttons to that point? And some human being pushed the buttons of this initially tested AI. We're going to have to put that article in the podcast, in the description. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. There was two people that had, that had pull, pulled out some really wild responses from it. And, um, Good kind of responses that make you go. Have you ever talked to the Google Assistant? I think it's a Google Assistant where you talk to it and you like don't realize you're talking to not a person. I've experienced that on the phone that I know of, yeah. where like, like there's um man, I get a thousand phone calls a day from this scam. It's insurance stuff, and um, and it always it's a bunch of different voices, and a million different phone numbers. Yeah. It's not so you can't tell for sure that it's one of those. I never answer almost any phone calls. Just FYI, if somebody's calling me, <clears throat> text me. If I if I, if I have me you in my call or my mom or anyone, if so. I have you in my caller ID, I will answer unless except that I do a lot of ministry appointments, so I have my phone off a lot. But <clears throat> excuse me, but the um, yeah, like you at first when you answer, if you answer with one of them, it sounds like you're talking to a human being until you repeat a question yeah and you recognize they're answering yeah identically word for word the same with the exact same tone and they don't understand your question and it's not in their script i I always ask if they have a middle name (laughs) i just i don't know why but that's my go-to i'm like do you have a middle name and if they're like hi my name's tom i'm like all right bye tom i don't want to talk to you anymore okay the food shortage thing. So I uh, I have 30 I just bought a house, right? I have 35 chickens and I um I'm going to get rid of You my, are incredibly popular all of a sudden. 
with my chickens and my eggs. Oh yeah. Everybody wants, everybody wants some. I I was so blessed. I've probably received like a hundred egg cartons from different (laughs) people in like such a short amount of time. And so when I, I I didn't always know that that I do know people that are going, I'm bringing these in hopes that I get to reap some of the benefits. Yes. yes, I I have heard. I have heard that. So I'm trying to be generous. I haven't, I don't know if I've eaten a single one of my eggs. I've given them all away. You've eaten some. I have. No, I haven't eaten eggs. I don't eat eggs. I know you guys don't. Well, you know, oh, that's right. Yeah. So, well, no, I was making breakfast for you that one or two times. I haven't had any eggs since we started getting them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've had any of my eggs. Um, but you know, since we haven't moved into our house, I don't really want to drive 40 minutes each way to let the chickens out and put them up every night at night. And so it's like, it's two hours a day to take care of the chickens right now. <laughs> one of our renters is, is, um, is doing that, but she's moving out in a month. So I was like, I'm going to probably sell my chickens until I move in and then rebuy chickens. That was kind of my thought because I'm like, I don't know what else to do. So I found this rehoming, um, chicken rehoming Tampa Bay Facebook group because there's a Facebook group for everything. I was like, oh, perfect. I'll sell them on here. You know, maybe even find someone who will take them for, for a couple months or whatever. Yeah, you're going to take them? My, I know. you're well, like We're getting a dog run for someone else's dogs yeah, uh-huh. temporarily, but we're going to use that eventually as the chicken, chicken run. Yeah. That, yes. that is what I heard. Um, but, but that doesn't, we're, st- we won't have moved yet. No. Anyway. So I'm on there and everyone is talking <clears throat> about how you have to stop using Purina chicken feed. And I'm like, there's like, you know, how many thousand people. So then I join a all of Florida group. They're all saying the same thing, everyone. And I'm like, what's going on? apparently i don't know if this is true this is what everyone is like all the chicken people own chickens is saying don't use purina purina i don't know if i'm saying it right whatever because they're doing things to make the chicken stop laying eggs they're like adding whatever so whether it's true or not everyone who owns chickens is pretty much like don't give your chickens whatever this is and because and they're all saying that's the reason for the egg shortage is because there's like one, com- there, there's a couple of mega companies who their egg, their chickens are still laying the same amount of eggs, but a lot of like across the nation, the eight, they like so many chickens are laying a lot less eggs, and so. And there's been um, like chicken factories that have been blown up, that kind of stuff, and all type of facilities blown, blown up. up. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. There are farmers that are saying that they've been offered large sums of money to destroy their cattle and they're they're saying we're not doing it but but they're and they're going to face fines and different things like that if they the, don't the whole american farming system is so weird like there are farmers who have i have talked to in plant city who grow strawberries a certain way and then don't pick them and set their their entire crop on fire because they get it, what they have to pay to have them picked and sell them versus what they can receive in government grants. It, it, they're like, the amount of money extra I'd make isn't worth the work. So they grow strawberries and then just destroy the crop because they make they get so many grants. It's like absolutely ridiculous. The whole, what everything that we have going on in the American farming. Are there any Amer- happy farmers in America? I don't know a whole lot of farmers, I don't know. so oh, okay, I can't okay. speak to that. Well, a lot of weird stuff. So, do you, so you say we're in the end times. What? 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 How should a Christian respond if we're in the end times? 
Um, well, first of all, I want to kind of answer that question, but I really am excited what I see going on in the world in terms of what may be a great awakening. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest that I, we minister to people that have, um, there, there are things that people call, um, conspiracy theory, but we minister to people that have experienced that kind of stuff, um, firsthand. And, and so I have witnessed so much darkness. I've been praying for the darkness to be exposed. I've been praying for the body of Christ to wake up to the reality and, and see what's going on in our cities all around us. And, and, uh, at times I've been discouraged. I, I prayed for revival since I was a teenager. I studied revival and yeah. it was one of my favorites. And I got weary because I'm going, I felt like the church was getting better at accommodating the world and looking like the world and, 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 uh, lights, camera. Yeah. And, and the message was, was being watered down so much that I just, it's just, it saddened me. It's grieved me. And, and I honestly have not prayed for revival in recent years, like I used to. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm, this is a sovereign move of God. I, we we're a part of a church that's really been praying for revival and talking yeah. revival, but I can't remember experiencing that, seeing that, witnessing that almost anywhere for so much of my um, journey since I was a kid. When I was a kid, my pastor preached about revival yeah, and he talked about, revivals. And I know we talked about this last week um, on our podcast, but that I'm going, God, to, to be able to be a part of a great awakening. And that's one of the things that's prophesied as well. And I, and I go, this could be the last great revival. Now I, I, I praise God, if I could grow up and watch my grandkids get old and and uh, be a great, great grandfather and watch great, their <laughs> great, great. Yeah. So you're saying Levi's kid having a kid? Yeah. I, you know, that's ambitious right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping he starts dating pretty oh soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's pretty cute. So. They are adorable, stinking adorable. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, there are certain things that you see going on and you're like, I'm glad to be wrong. But man, everything in me goes, the darkness, it is time for judgment to fall on the darkness in our land, um, in, in our own city, the level of corruption, the amount of human trafficking going on. It goes on right under our noses. And, and I grew up in suburban white middle-class America where we went to church every Sunday. Everybody that we were close to went to church every Sunday. I didn't have a grid for the stuff that was going on. And yesterday I was just, we were ministering to someone that had been human trafficked. And I was reflecting on the second person that I ministered to and took authority over the demonic was the child of a deacon at a church that I visited, who I just visited first time. Pastor asked me to pray at the end of their service. This deacon came up just because I prayed. All I did was pray, but I took authority. in the spirit realm. And it was something they weren't used to experiencing, hearing or seeing for me, it was just a prayer, but it, but it was a, it was a more informed prayer that people aren't used to praying. And so this deacon comes up to me and said, you, we need to talk to you today. Can you call us today? And they said today, I don't know how many times. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, I'm like, I got to get the kids home, help make lunch. 
I'll call you. And I told my wife I did it and, you know, end up at their house, their daughter, beautiful young lady in her twenties. They had put deadbolts on all their doors. They were afraid of her killing them. And when I'm, when I sat with her and I couldn't even answer the question yesterday, I was, I was going, I, I don't know if mom and dad knew about all this, but every day she came home and her brother and his friends took turns with her. And it was like, I, I'm sitting there. I'm just a Baptist youth pastor. I have never cast demons out of anybody. Well, one person before, and people are calling me for, I think no good reason, because I don't think that highly of myself at this point. That's what I'm hungering for. I'm asking God to do these things in my life. I'm studying the word. I am understanding more about my authority and the power of God, but I, I just didn't have, I was like, yeah, you know, here am I send Andrew. I mean, send somebody yeah, yeah. that yeah, yeah. knows more than me and I'm at this house and, and I, and I, and I, I didn't realize until a couple of years, maybe within the, it was within the last year I was actually speaking somewhere right next door to an office that I used to rent. And I was going, I was dealing with human trafficking my yeah. second ever. Wow. And it was happening close to the home Depot here in Brandon and Valrico in the neighborhood right across from there. And I'm going, what most people don't understand, they think this is happening in New York City and Los Angeles. It's happening in Tampa. It's happening in Brandon. It's happening in Ybor City. It is It is happening in the gated communities. When I said, well, I was talking like this at a, at a, at a network meeting um, here and to a bunch of people, a bunch of organizations and leaders who are trying to care for people, yeah. homelessness and yeah. da, 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 and stuff like that. Police are there. This cop stood up while I was talking. She said, this man knows what he's talking about. Listen to him. And I was like, because I was talking about how it's in our neighborhoods, how it's in the gated communities, yeah. how it's in places you wouldn't imagine. We have, there's such an idea of like human trafficking. I was talking with a, a doctor um, who works in Plant City and I had mentioned, you know, what we do. And he was like, he's like, so you know that like human trafficking is not, you know, a dirty shed bunch of rooms they were chained up and drugged up like that's just not he's like you know that it's like they they people look normal some of them have jobs there's just a ton of stuff going on he's like oh yeah and he was saying like we know when people come in like we can tell this is plant city like we can tell when people come in we're like you're being human trafficked like we can tell but they're we're like most of them well, they, they don't even know they wouldn't even use that word right a lot of them like well, almost none of them would they don't like because of the way i don't want to say hollywood but like just what has become the perception of human trafficking that the, this doctor was sort of saying i see these people and i'm like i can tell that you're being human trafficked because of like this is the third time you've come in this month with these things going on i i, I can see your body like i can tell like you're being taken advantage of and all this a stuff. lot of them I, like but, i happen to know areas in the city and i don't want to expose all of my knowledge but I will tell you that in some of these towns, it is the wealthiest people in town. It's in the, it's in secret clubs in town that are high end clubs, but not everybody even knows that they exist right in the middle of town. Um, yeah. the, the, sometimes it's the most respected people in the town, um, who give money to churches and, um, some of that's an appeasing of their conscience. Some of it's because they have a demonic level of influence in those places. So, you know, we, we, 
you know, yeah. God help it, us. It has open a different. It has a different look. We we haven't. We don't. We don't know what it looks like. We don't see. We don't know. And it's a hard thing because, like, a lot of times, like, I don't know. People, it's hard for you to accept that kind of stuff. Like, I know for me, when when people started coming for ministry, I like the first time someone told a story, I was like, "You're probably making that up." And the second person who has never met that person told the same story, I'm like, "That's a coincidence." And when the tenth person told the same story, I'm like. It's, you don't want to believe it. You, you, I don't. I legitimately don't want to. I wish it. I was wrong about what I know. Yeah, I wish everybody who came and told the stories was wrong about what they went through. Like I just, don't, I don't want to believe that people go through that in this city and don't even have words for it. Because most of our clients wouldn't say they were human trafficked. Yeah, that's not the wording they would use. One of the sad they things- would say I was abused and taken advantage of by people for you know five years, ten years, twenty years. Like, like. It's human trafficking is a label for people being abusive. Honestly, we use it as a label because what we deal with is so (coughs) unbelievable. That's just a term that people have been able to accept, but you have to explain it. I, I, I'd like to have like satanic ritual abuse is a, is another label. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. We deal with it for real, but it describes so many different things. Mind control. It's another thing. Incredibly real for whatever reason. Didn't necessarily intentionally sign up for it. I just, I pray sometimes what seems like a stupid prayer, but I'm glad I prayed it, but it was God send the most broken. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not sure where I feel, how I feel about that prayer. No. Some of the people are very intimidating. <laughs> I had, so I take all the clients that are a little bit less, I, I don't want to say I cherry pick the clients, but I cherry pick. I cherry pick but, clients. But I think sometimes God picks some for you because man. So I we I cherry you try to avoid. I try. I try. I actively try to avoid this stuff because I like to minister to people who have hard marriages or bad communication or problems with their kids. That's what I like. I like communication, God's got your number, buddy. relationship dynamics. That's what I like to minister to. But I had this one lady who came, and um suggested by someone i know to come to our ministry um grew up in church so this was like a conservative baptist friend bringing their friend so i'm like okay and it's just because they can't be anything weird there can't be anything weird um this isn't someone who knows what we do so like even my friend doesn't know about this stuff that we do we don't promote this stuff because it's weird so my friend doesn't even know all that stuff right this other person who's coming has no idea who we are. So this is not someone who's like, I hear you guys do this, you know, whatever. So we're meeting here and she's like, I'm totally don't want to tell you guys stuff. You're going to think I'm crazy or whatever. I'm like, well, I promise you, I've probably heard we're, you know, weirder. She's like, I don't think so. She's like, from the time I was, you know, I think it was like under 10, me and my twin sister were um, being prostituted out of our church. Um, you know, for all our entire time going to church, um, we're, we're used with like these weird demonic things and, you know, all this different stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It was not, definitely wasn't ready for that. Wasn't expecting that. Okay. And this is like a church where I had multiple friends go to for years. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Wasn't ready for that. Start ministering to this girl. We, 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 at some point kind of mentioned like disassociative identity disorder, right? Like, you know, whatever. And she's like, what is disassociative identity disorder? And, you know, like, we're like, well, you know, it's kind of like, you know, whatever. And she goes, okay. 
so there's this thing that happened last week. I'm like, okay, what happened last week? She's like, I woke up in Orlando with a wig on. When I got my phone, I was logged into a different Instagram account that I didn't know that I had. I was in a house with a man who called me by name and said that we were dating. And I have never seen this man. I don't know who this man is. My Instagram had like thousands of followers. My Facebook that I, again, was not my name, had all these followers. She's like, I had an OnlyFans account that I was making money on that I did not know I had. She had like a full disassociative break. Like she had another human being who had another boyfriend who had another <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, <clears throat> another job. And she did not know. She has three kids. She has three children and had woke up in the, uh, you know, a completely like a hundred miles from where she lives. And I'm like that. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I try to not believe in this stuff. I try to cherry pick my clients to not have to deal with it. And yeah, it's just, uh, I know, like, I believe that the Lord has been wanting us to even do a podcast to begin to expose some of these things and wake people up. And I've been saying, I don't necessarily know that I want to do I that. I don't like talking. I feel uncomfortable right now talking about this. Like yeah. I legitimately feel uncomfortable. Yeah. The, one of the things though, is that there are, there are a lot of people that are talking about these kind of things that are weirdos that are, that, that aren't helping people that are using it to build a platform. And I believe the Lord wants to expose the truth and reality. Okay. So how, Here's one thing. This is something we've talked about before, right? Mm -hmm. What people who listen to this, right? <clears throat> you know, it's in your neighborhood, all that stuff, right? There's give me action steps for all of this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Do I, I just stop watching the news. I stop going to church because there's apparently bad things that can happen at church. I stop like, what do I do? What is action steps? <laughs> one of the things is um information without action is just what based on works is dead hearing this without it is it exposing darkness to talk about darkness without action steps to eliminate darkness first thing i think that is vitally important to be discipled to understand who we are in christ the authority and the power of god that we have because we don't have a ton to offer um one of the things that that happened here, even after the Super Bowl, is the organizations that got some of the biggest press about helping victims of human trafficking. Um, did all there was very little to no effort in from what I'm hearing of actual work, and this is from frontline people um, that were there, that were organizations that had the capacity. What about the, all the organizations that went to every hotel and put in the bars of soap? Well, that kind of thing is is can be helpful. The problem is some of those numbers that you're doing help. Some of those numbers go back to organizations that like one of the biggest organizations in Tampa, supposedly, I don't, I don't know. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. It, it, I, I know about this organization and I know that there were people that said that they were primary, you know, like there were newscasts about this organization around the Super Bowl. There's new cast about us. And right? what does that mean? And, and, and they talked about themselves that way. Uh -huh. They got satanic symbols all over their website. They have zero written about anything that they've done to help anybody. They talk about information. And okay, so again, wh what can we do? 
what everyone that's listening to this, they go, hey, I don't think there's anyone that's going to watch or listen to this that says, hey, I like that's the bad stuff. I want that to continue. What can they do? What are the action steps they can take? I believe that one of the most powerful and important things we can do in the in the body of Christ is to pray. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual forces of wickedness. I believe that we have to pray for discernment, um, spiritual, supernatural discernment, because even organizations, a lot of organizations that get a lot of press that a lot of people send a lot of money to, um, ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation if that's the right place to give your resources. Because some of the mo- ones that get the most press that have the biggest names, um, the more I've looked into organizations, the more concerned I am with some of them. Um, I'm not, I don't, not ready right now to call out some, but some, if you just do a little bit of research, you know, you, you can find things about, um, and then, and then one of the things the enemy likes to do, this is why I, I believe it's so vitally important for spiritual discernment, because it's not what we see with our eyes. It is what we hear by the Holy spirit. So I believe asking the Holy spirit for that, what, who we need to plug in with, how we need to to serve, learning to hear God's voice, vitally important for what we're even talking about, because we can do a lot of action and help a lot of things and be helping the wrong thing. Yeah, I believe that, um, that learning to set captives free, to heal the sick, to preach the kingdom of God, first of all, is some of the most foundational stuff that the Lord told us to do. And, um, Jesus himself, he came and he hung out with sinners. He set captives free. He healed the sick. It is our inheritance. It is what we are most clearly commanded to do. And if we were walking in discernment, hearing God's voice and ready to obey him, no matter what, and walking in our authority, God's going to begin to send us people, show us things. Uh, I think that there are people that have taken their kids and uh, like, first of all, we got, we go to church and I'd be glad to send my kids to a church program. You know, I have enough awareness and enough knowledge now that I would ask God for a lot of discernment in doing that. Um, you know, Nathaniel usually stays with us in church. Um, you guys got to experience a lot of your church experience was, in places where, you know, we weren't in someone's house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there was no way for stuff to happen to you. Like it's happened to a lot of people, like what happened in that church. I've dealt with it for so long. And in so many, every denomination, <clears throat> there are groups like people coming out of um, uh, Mormonism. It is like highly consistent people coming out of Mormonism to have experienced some horrific, horrific abuse. And that was in my mind, they were, they were a little better at family than we Baptists were, but they weren't going to heaven because they didn't, you know, have the same gospel as us. Now that I've been ministering to people coming out of Mormonism for years, I'm going, it is like unbelievable. The stuff that we end up seeing and dealing with. So, so you feel like if, if, if people hear this and they want to, what they need to do is ask for discernment, hear grow in hearing god's voice grow in their spiritual authority what else and then sir find somewhere to serve 
And if you're carry, if you're walking in discernment, I remember for, when the Holy Spirit first started leading me, and I first started listening to His voice, and He leads me into the inner city. It was just like I'd plug into a church, and I'd be excited because I'm plugging into an African American church. And within like a week, the Lord would show me like some pretty insane stuff. I'm not even going to go there because I don't want to talk about anything. But there was some serious darkness going on in our in our city in some of the churches that the Lord took me to. And, but I'm, I'm desperately seeking to obey God, seeking to hear his voice. And, and, um, and so, but also at the same time going, I want to build his kingdom. So I got a question about discernment. I, I know there's a lot of people who think that they have discernment and there's, they're split on a lot of different things, right? We want to get involved with this. We want to we want to see human trafficking ended, right? How can people other action steps on that? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Other things that they can do, steps they can take. You say get involved and serve. Um what are some organizations that you recommend that you like? Great. Great. <laughs> well, first of all, say love freedom. Really love them, believe in what they're doing. Um, again, they are, they weren't a Christian organization started by some amazing on fire spirit filled women weren't a Christian organization. Now they are trying to Christianize. Um, there's, um, another one that, um, um, uh, in Pinellas County, that's, that's not a human trafficking organization, but they, most of their people are, yeah, a, a decent number are, but they, they provide, like we got some people that are that, wanting to be here. We don't have our house ready yet. Yeah, they're gonna stay there and come here for their ministry. That's another thing. Like a lot of the people too. It's not just human trafficking. It's just like severe abuse or severe trauma. Like when you have go through severe trauma for a long time. Like look at the people who <clears> go through like in the military the PTSD that they go through. They go through like severe trauma and it affects them the rest of their life. There's other people who go through trauma. It looks different, but it affects yeah. them the rest of their life. Yeah, almost everybody we're dealing with is severe trauma. Yeah. And it comes in so many different shapes and sizes and packages. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell a good story now. Yay. So, uh, well, half good story. Yesterday, my water pump at my new house stopped working. So $900 later and six hours of digging a ditch and three hours of laying a wire. I've got water at my house again, which is whatever so i I, i'm at home depot i'm buying parts right for for this i'm doing it myself because my quote was like forty two hundred dollars to run one wire to my pump i'm like yeah that seems a little expensive so i did it all i did all myself with my brother um and calling people to make sure i didn't kill myself uh, along the way um but i'm at home depot and i'm getting ready to check out and this guy's like how are you doing today i was like you know it's been an interesting day it's like i think it's like eight or it's like no, it was like seven or eight o'clock, right? I've been doing this since 12. No, literally, I've been doing it since nine. Like the entire day I've been doing this. And I didn't stop until 10. And I'm like, you know, it's been a bit of a day. He's like, yeah, but God's good, right? <clears throat> and I was like, all right, I already like you. Yes, he is, right? So I start talking to this guy. He's 18 years old. And he goes, yeah, you know, um, I was depressed. I was anxious. And my youth pastor, he was like 14, was like, read the Bible. You know, just, just read the Bible. And he was like, so I was like, I'm going to do it. So he read the Bible. Genesis to Revelation straight through. And then he was like, I don't, my, my church doesn't see the heal, the sick healed. 
my church doesn't see, you know, the dead raised or, you know, does not talk about <clears throat> probably 80% of the stuff in the Bible. <clears throat> and so he started asking questions and started, you know, like all this stuff. This kid is talking about spiritual warfare. He's talking about casting out demons at Home Depot with different places that he's gone, like just like seeing miracle signs and wonders, all this stuff. I'm like, who's teaching you? He's like, I'm just reading my Bible and asking God. And I was just like, I like this. And he's like, I believe there's going to be a spiritual awakening. He's like saying all this stuff. I'm like, did you hear what happened at Asbury? He's like, no. I'm like, dude, like kids on fire, completely alone, completely. Mm. Like there's no, like he doesn't see anyone else that that's, that that's running after this, who's doing this. And I'm like, there are people. And so I got his number, got him connected with some people. So, but I liked it. And it cool. just got me excited. Yeah. Like, there, there are still people that are hungry who are like you said, like you will find him if you search for him with all, all of your, your heart. heart. Yeah. And that was God picked a Baptist youth pastor who was like going, I want what I read in the Bible yeah. more than I want this a dude position or a title. Like you so much. That's he sounded hilarious. like you so much. Yeah. Like everything that like the way you talked about, like literally he was describing to me the, the Jesus training manual. That's yeah. literally what he was saying was, and uh, he was saying like, he's like, man, every church I go to, I'm like, I think these people like God. I just don't think that they've ever read the Bible. I think these people are doing all the things that they think to do. I just don't think they've read the Bible. Mm. And I was just like, that that's what I think for most church. Like a lot of the church, like I don't meet a lot of people who are in the church who I'm like, I don't think you love God. Like, I think you love God. Oh, yeah. And I don't think there's, I meet very few Christians where I'm like, I think you actively are not doing what you should do. Like, I don't think that I've, I meet that. But I think if you, show them what the whole Bible says, it expands them. It expands on like what you're called to do, what you can do, your spiritual authority, you know? Yeah. I want to ask you for your generation. Um, Which generation am I? I'm, I'm getting older. I know I look like I'm 19, but I'm a little older than that. So what generation is that? What generation am I? So the talk about Christ coming back soon and signs of the times and all that. Um, what do I think about that? When we were in Israel, we had a, uh, uh, what was his name? Yus Yosef. Yosef. Dude was fantastic. I think I learned more about the Bible in 17 days listening to him talk than my entire life. He. Hey, he, hey, hey. Uh, listen. How about this? He, I, my. In that 17 days, what, what expanded in my understanding of the Bible was just absolutely insane. Just him talking about how um, when he brought up, he used, he said he called it parts of speech where like the Bible is written in parts of speech that we, we, we take the, like, you know, like a break a leg means, right. Right. Do you know what that, that means? Mm -hmm. What does it mean? I mean, in our English language, yeah, yeah, yeah. it means um, do a good job. No, <clears throat> means get in the cast. You're, you're trying to get into a play. You get, what happens when you break a leg? You get a cast, right? So if you're trying to get into the cast of a play, break a leg. That is a part of speech. People don't know that, right? That's Now, we all kind of understand and accept, right? Like, it's do a good job, right? Mm -hmm. But that's what that true say, saying means. And so he said, like, you know, when the rooster crows thir three times, he's like, that's not a chicken. That's that's like a bell. That Like, everyone knew what that meant. They used a part of speech to say that, right? And he's like, and he just mentioned thing after thing after that. And just like, just like, he's like, I read the Bible in Hebrew. I know Hebrew. I understand all that. Like he was just, you know, awesome. But he said, he's like, all of the end time stuff. He's like, it is so confusing. 
because so much of it is in parts of speech. So much of it is metaphor. I don't know, but I do know one prophecy says that where the dome of the rock sits is going to split open and it's going to revive the Dead Sea before Jesus comes back. When that happens, I'm getting ready. I'm calling everyone and I'm preparing to go to heaven. So uh, I um, everything else that goes on, the, the you know I like to study it. I like to read about it. When the dome of the rock splits open and the Dead Sea is revived, I'm getting ready. That my <laughs> you waiting for that moment? Uh, it's not like I'm <clears throat> waiting, but that's for me like the sign of there, signs. A sign of signs. There's so much interpretation that can happen in the Bible. That's one where I'm like, I guess there's there could be interpretation of it. You know, I guess you can, you know, whatever. But I'm like, and it's not saying the Dome of the Rock. That's the location where the Dome of the Rock was built, which is like a, the Muslim high. It's like the third most holy place in Islam, right? If the third most place, holy place in Islam splits apart, water gushes out of it and revives the Dead Sea. Do you know why they picked it as a, the holiest place or one of the holiest places? Is it because of that? No, it's uh, by uh, what's it called? It was on the whaling. It, they by. they intentionally built on the Jews' most holy place. Okay. They believe that's where yeah. the Ark of the Covenant. Probably oh yeah, set. yeah. You know that you're not allowed to go down to the bottom of. I've heard that, and then I saw a video of, of they could they didn't show them going all the way down because they yeah, can't can only go so far. So can only go so far. Yeah. So, you know. We'll have to do a podcast on where the Ark of the Covenant is. Did you ever, did you see that thing? Was it on, uh, it was on, I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast about, uh, Atlantis. It's in Africa. Like this guy was like, Atlantis is in Africa. And it's like, it's pretty interesting. You should watch it. Have you ever, li- have you ever listened to Joe, Joe Rogan before? I'm sure you've played something of Joe Rogan's. I don't really you. listen to Joe Rogan, so I probably haven't played that. Oh, uh, do you know who stuff. that is? You know who that is? Um, I'm, you've got to know who Joe Rogan is. I don't a whole you lot. Don't I know do who know. Joe I mean, I the name's familiar, but you no. can't be on a podcast anymore if you're not. He he has the biggest podcast in the world. Wow. And, uh, he is, you know. So you're gonna school me in being on podcasts? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't listen to podcasts, but yeah. I know, I at least know who Joe Rogan is. Neither of us are really qualified to to be on a podcast. So, all right. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything? How how do we sum this up today? We talked about how there's wars and rumors of wars. If I were to answer about the, my generation, I think a lot of them are not concerned about that the end time stuff. It's not preached as much as it used to be preached. Like, so, you know, my generation is in younger churches. Younger churches are not talking about Jesus is coming back soon. People get ready. Right. We don't sing that song anymore. It's all about kind of like be in his presence, be with him, God's love, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I don't think my, my generation is very super ready, but the dude I met at home Depot was like, Jesus is coming back revival's coming and jesus is coming back you can see it right he's coming soon i was like oh yeah he's you he's he's an 18 year old you who works at home depot so yeah all right you want to close us in prayer i want to pray for people that may be watching this and i really want to pray a couple of different things one i was i want to pray for a fresh hunger and fire for for following jesus um and and Man, it's radically different, I think, from going to church and checking the boxes of religion. And that 
is in my mind what a real awakening is. I don't even think it's chasing the latest revival, which is good. It is going, I want to, I want to walk and do the things that Jesus did. So father God, in Jesus name, I do pray Lord for, um, an awakening of hunger for discipleship, a hunger for, uh, walking in the things of your kingdom, for understanding our authority, for understanding, uh, the power of God for, um, Lord understanding and not, not just knowledge or understanding or, or information, but father God experience walking in your fullness. I pray God for awakening in like this teenage boy that Andrew met. Lord, I pray that that could be repeated many times over for this generation, that they would get so hungry and desperate for what they read about in the Bible, that that Lord, we would not spin our wheels going through the motions, just doing church activity or sending checks to organizations that say that they are fighting things like human trafficking or, or whatever. But Lord, that we would, um, Lord, be led by your spirit, learning to hear your voice. Oh, Lord, may your sons and daughters hear your voice more clearly than, they, than they've ever heard it before. May they be able to discern between the lies and the truth, all the, the deception that is swirling around us intended to keep us distracted and what your spirit is saying and and all the different news, all the different, um, yeah, ways that they, 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 we, Lord, we've turned to even online resources that are full of garbage, Lord. I pray God that you'd give discernment, that people would be able to find the truth and that the truth would set them free. Ultimately, the greatest truth of all, Lord, is the amazing love of Jesus, your love, sending your perfect son into this world to pay the price for our sins so that we could walk in the fullness of God, so that we could receive your love, your forgiveness, have access to the throne room of God, be restored to a rightful place of walking in dominion, Lord, let us understand the fullness of what salvation is. Lord, I pray for a great awakening in our day, like none other that's ever been before, that will sweep through the land, that will sweep through churches. Yes, Lord. But I believe sometimes the kingdom of God is happening outside the four walls, many times the kingdom of God. So Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be what happens in the four walls. And I pray God that it would happen so great that Lord, the four walls couldn't contain what your spirit does. In Jesus name. Amen. I just want to say two things. One, if you, if anything we talked about, you were like, I've never felt safe to talk about anything. These are the kind of things that I experienced or went through. And no one, you know, was never safe. Like the the girl that was that brought here had not even told her best friend the stuff she had been through. So her best friend was bringing her here just because she was sad and depressed. That's all she knew. Had no idea the things she'd gone through because she was like, no one will believe me. I don't even know who I can tell this stuff to. It's unbelievable the stuff I've been through. So if you've ever been through that kind of stuff, reach out. We'd love to help. And second, I want to know what you guys want to hear us talk about. We need some ideas. So comment things you'd like to hear us talk about. You're going to get an interesting list from me and, uh, and some interesting special guests. And, um, because I, I believe that, um, 
the Lord is wanting people to hear what's really going on. I think, I think first of all, it would be amazing to get um, Carl Shepard from um, Empowered to Change. That was the organization I couldn't think of earlier in here. <clears throat> Some people firsthand experience what's really going on in the city, in our cities. Um, I think even uh, there's police officer, the one that stood up. She's an interesting lady. I, I like her. She's outspoken. She's, she's gruff, but man, she cares about people. They, and they're, they're part of the homeless initiative in, in Tampa Bay. And um, to, to hear from frontliners, uh, the sad thing is I don't know too many pastors that I would call frontliners, people who are actually in the trenches knowing what's going on in terms of um, the, the, when I go to all the, the community meetings where it's the people that are in the trenches doing the work, caring for the homeless and all that, there's, I've not seen a church leader. I'm like, and I've stood up in the, and, and gone, man, I am sorry, because many of them have gone to pastors and get blank stares and, and mm. very little help and very little funding. And I'm like, it's not where we look to for funding because I, I know I've been in that world long enough and I know it enough that a lot of times they feel like everybody just wants their money. Pastors feel that way. Yeah. And people feel like all pastors want is their money. And I'm going, first of all, as men and sons and daughters of the kingdom, I, I'm not frustrated that the church doesn't support us anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm more frustrated that they think that I have an agenda other than the kingdom agenda. But um, because it's the king of kings that's our supporter, our provider. And he uses people. And we have a lot of just amazing supporters. Um, and, and that's not taking away from any church. No. Sadly, that's the way it's seen by many people. It's like, because our view of, is this pie. And if you get a slice and you get a slice, and you get, where, where's mine going to be? I, and they want to be in control of the whole pie. And I'm like going, I'll just give them the pie. Because I'm like going, that's not the source. It stresses me out so much when you do that. I'm like, I'm always like, not that I think that the pie is the only pie, but I'm like, did God tell you to do that? Are you making a point? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, it always stresses me out. It always stresses me out. <laughs> I always say your stress make it stresses me out. Your faith, your faith stresses me out. It, it, it's because the God supply is limitless. And if we don't understand that, then what, what you're getting is taking away from me. And, and that's how we see others. It's how we see the world. It's, it's, it is not a kingdom viewpoint at all, it, but it is very much a church viewpoint. I, I, I have heard some things that are amazing. I heard of a pastor who felt called to a certain part of town and another pastor told him, you can't come here. And and recently in a pastor's gathering, he was the, the one pastor was talking about how someone had given him, given him a mantle to go into that part of town, but he had chosen not to. And this pastor got up and said, it's because I told you not to. It is my fault. And I'm just going like. Oh, yeah. There's been a huge shift. There's in, been some people in, in, starting to humble themselves oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and come together and. There needs to be a lot more of that 
but it is amazing to watch it begin. I had, I saw a pastor um, friend that um, did a repentance for the ways that he had been controlling the people that he had hurt. Mm-hmm. And I responded on, on his, we graduated from seminary together and I responded on his page. I was like, I have never, I do that because of healing the hearts of people. Cause they have so much bitterness towards the church and pastors. I'm standing in the gap for stuff I've never done yeah. to anybody. And, and watching God do a miracle and healing their heart. I had never seen a pastor own any of that to talk about the sacred position. It's so upsetting very often. And, and I'm like, I am not a pastor basher at all. I'm not against that, but I'm going, there are, there are ways to bridge that gap that would be so amazing. And there are, there are some issues that need to be addressed that aren't biblical. They are the, if it's biblical, this won't happen. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the sad things is a lot of times people have been hurt here and here and here, they bring that hurt into the next relationship. And what do they do? They hurt this pastor. And what happens over time is they begin to take on the characteristics of these guys because that's how they've been treated yeah. by sheep Yeah, and not understanding like you need your wounds healed. They need their wounds healed. And some of this interaction is not. Yeah. of God. And some of the interaction between pastors, territorialism and all that yeah. stuff is so destructive, but God's that's part of real revival. It's going to destroy some of that stuff and those walls going to keep coming down more and more. Amen. All right. On that note, comment who you'd like to see us interview, what you'd like to hear us talk about, and please like, comment and share.